Welcome each and every one of you to our Monday Thursday service. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Christ has prepared a feast of love. Brothers and sisters, Christ shows us his love by becoming a humble servant. Let us draw near to God and confess our sin in the truth of God's Spirit. Most merciful God, we, your church, confess that often our spirit has not been that of Christ. Where we have failed to love one another as he loves us, where we have pledged loyalty to him with our lips and then betrayed, deserted, or denied him. Forgive us, we pray, and by your spirit make us faithful in every time of trial. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. But Christ suffered and died for us, was raised from the dead and ascended on high for us, and continues to intercede for us. Believe the good news in the name of Jesus Christ. You are forgiven. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessings, blessed hope of everlasting love and life, which you have given us in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And now we will hear those words from the Hebrew Scripture, from the Psalms, from the Epistles, and the Gospel. Our first reading is from Exodus, chapter 12, verse 1 through 14. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in, obtain, in, in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who will eat it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year-old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month. Then the whole assembled... Congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the house in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night, 
They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night. I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be the day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. Thus began the Passover. Our reading from the psalm is Psalm 116, verse 1 and 2 and 12 through 19. I love the Lord. Who has heard my voice and my supplications? And has inclined his ear to me whenever I called? What shall I return to the Lord for all my benefits? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. From the epistles, we have 1 Corinthians 11, 23-26. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And our gospel is from John this evening. Chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, and 31b through 35. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from the world and go to the Father. 
having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he would come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, my feet, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew one was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, he had put on his robe and returned to the table. He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. And God has been glorified in him. If God had been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one another. God bless the, hear, the reading and the hearing of his holy word. The Gospel of John is often set apart from the other Gospels because of the way John wrote about Jesus. The other Gospels, known as the Synoptics, tell about the ministry of Christ in generalized lines of events. John's Gospel also tells us the life and ministry of Jesus, but from the first moments of the Gospel, it is understood who Jesus is. John's Gospel focuses much more on the fully divine aspects of Jesus. The language also sets it apart. Phrases like, Lamb of God, and the Word became flesh, add a poeticness 
and almost sun-like feel to this gospel. The entire gospel can be summed up in this act of friendship. A master steps down to become a servant of his servants. Jesus, clad in a towel and anticipating his own execution and glorification, was fully It was full of extraordinary knowledge, authority, divine origin, and destiny. Just in this one act of Jesus Christ, we see the whole story. Jesus, after washing the feet of his disciples, put his robe back on and said, Do you know what I have done for you? No one said a word. No one in that room, still after all he had said and all he had done, none of them said a word. So as he always did, Jesus explained, I have set an example. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Jesus had washed the feet of these disciples. Besides the symbolism of it, it was an act. This act was one of importance. Feet can be a messy sort, and in the first century Palestine, feet were covered with dirt, manure, maybe some scabs and sores, and probably a fungus or two. Foot washing was left to servants, but Gentile servants, because even a Jewish servant was above washing the feet of the household. Jesus, a Jew, lowered himself to the feet of his disciples and washed them. He made them clean in body and in spirit. Jesus demonstrated for us how we are to be in relationship with one another. He showed us the way to live beyond this holy week. He showed us the difference between a boss and a leader, between someone who is obeyed and someone who is followed. Most of my adult working life, I have been in customer service, much of the time working in various retail outlets. Through my years of being a low-ranking employee, I have seen my fair share of bosses and a few diamond-in-the-rough leaders. A boss comes along, leaving their office long enough to to point to what needs to be done and to tell someone to do it, returning quickly to the security of their office before the stench of underlings can set into the fibers of their clothing. A leader, still with the same job title as the aforementioned boss, would come down to the floor, check in with how things were going, They might even ask what they could do to support you. They might even see some work that needed to be done, and they would stand at the table with you and get the job done with you. All while getting to know you, helping you understand some of the seemingly ridiculous rules that we all had to follow. Because of that bond, 
It would make workers do better and try harder, respond with energy when they are asked to tackle a large or difficult task. Whether they realized it or not, some of these supervisors were living examples of Christ's love for us. In our ordinary lives, we experience at least three models of service. The first is that of obligation. Often this pattern is found in a social structure where one is more than another. The second model we see is more of an existential one. It, in our, our quest to be needed, we surround ourselves with those who need us. It helps satisfy our egos. Our third model is friendship. It undermines the obligation and the need to be needed. Friendship is the one human relationship based on equality. Friendship builds bridges over our differences, whatever they may be. Sadly, because of the other models of service we have in our lives, such friendship can be hard to maintain. The unity of the cross and resurrection shows the friends of Jesus to his disciples and commands us to love as friends love. In John's gospel, the cross is not sacrifice or retribution, but rather it is Jesus' gift of himself to his friends. That gift symbolizes, is, that gift is symbolized on this night. As Jesus washes the feet, God's love for the whole world becomes flesh and blood. It is a good reminder for us in our personal lives and as a church to remember that we are not here to lord over one another. We are here to wash one another's feet. We cannot be afraid to stoop down and offer the most humble service imaginable to one another. It is no more than Jesus has done for us. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. Two thousand years on, we know the significance of this day. On this day, we encourage and comfort those we love as Jesus encouraged and comforted those who understood who, what was about to happen. If only we could know when the last time we were, we were going to see one of our beloved friends, would we be able to handle it and let them wash our feet? We look at the people sitting around the table with him that night. Judas, who betrayed him. Peter, who denied him. James and John would not be able to keep watch and pray with him. The others that would forsake him in his final hours. If they had known it was the last time they would be with him, would they have changed their behavior? 
Jesus knew what they were going to do, and he loved them anyway. We can come to the communion table time and time again to have our own ugliness lovingly touched and washed away. Our Jesus Christ, our beloved, our friend, removed his outer robe of his glory, wrapped himself in the towel of human flesh, suffered and died for the sake of the whole world, reclothed himself in glory, and now continues to hold his rightful place at the bosom of the Creator. As he loved us, so we must love. Amen. Gracious God, your anointed one on the night before he suffered instituted the sacrament of his body and blood. Mercifully grant that we may receive it when we are able next, thankfully, in remembrance of Jesus Christ our Lord who in these holy mysteries give us a pledge of eternal life. And now let us say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And thence, from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Go in peace this night. May Jesus Christ, who for our sake become obedient unto death, even death on a cross keep you and strengthen you this night and forever.